to the Gaggle Podcast, where we bring you inside the newsroom to talk Arizona politics beyond what's in print. I'm Yvonne Winget Sanchez, a national reporter at the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. Joining me this week in a meeting, fancy meeting room, at the Arizona Republic's main newsroom in downtown Phoenix are... Maria Paletta, I've been covering diversity and inequality issues, but will soon be switching to cover the governor's office and state agencies. Richard Rellis, I've been covering the governor, and I'll be roaming the state talking to voters for the next few months. Ron Hansen, I cover the congressional delegation, at least for the time being, right? No changes. <laughs> yes, no, there are no changes coming, hopefully, <laughs> that we're aware of on that front. This week on The Gaggle, independents are on the verge of making up the largest electoral block in Arizona. How are candidates appealing to them, and how are they feeling about the different issues and choices that they're uh, going to be confronted with this cycle? Ron, you just uh, moderated a panel, a discussion, with six independent voters who represent various age groups, demographics. Um, ge- geographically and ethnically. Um, what were the big takeaways for you in that conversation? I think the biggest thing with that group, and I, and I think that this would probably hold up for independence as a whole, is their overall discontent. There's a restlessness about the group and the way that they view government and their elected leaders. And they keep searching for someone who will address whatever it is that they care about um, in a way that doesn't feel prepackaged and well-worn. And they just keep searching and, and they're, they keep not finding what they want. There's um, one of the, the folks that we talked to had a relatively positive message as he tried to sort out who to vote for in the presidential race in 2016, but it was labored. And you can just tell that these are people who are engaged, they are trying, but they're just not seeing anybody who really checks all the boxes for them. What about you, Maria? In terms of takeaways, um, as Ron said, they are not happy with their current choices. They haven't been. Um, They're looking for a candidate that's a little more um, authentic. They talked a lot about, you know, checking voting records after they see politicians come on ads or TV appearances, um, trying to separate fact from fiction. That came up multiple times, even when we were talking about specific races as well. Yeah, there seemed to be a yearning for authenticity, and, and one of them surprisingly said that they didn't really care how the candidates acted on issues as long as they thought they were acting in, in the best interest, that they understood what they were doing. It's almost like a yearning, a throwback to old-fashioned politics, uh, where and maybe now we've had a couple years here of a president that uh, is unpredictable and incites a lot of emotions of, of both support and, and non-support. And this group just seemed to want things to get done. And how that's marketed to, how a candidate looks at that, uh, I mean, I think you sort of go with, you know, sh- stability or I will I will work across the aisle to get things done. Maybe it's those messages that appeal to them. But then again, they're going to check these messages. They're, they seem to be a group that says, we're, we are going to go look and see if, if what they're saying is not just what we want to hear, but what they'll actually do. 
They do seem to be um, very discerning in how they are looking at candidates, looking at these TV ads and the radio ads that they're hearing. And I mean, these are people who appear to be going out and actually seeking information beyond what they're seeing in news stories or on blogs or hearing on um, TV. Like they are, they talk about um, looking at voting records. They talk about um, doing maybe deeper dives on issue specific pieces that inform their views a little bit better on different candidates. What I thought was interesting in this panel and in discussions with other independent voters that we've talked to on the ground um, throughout the cycle is that like the red meat issues that Republicans are using, specifically border security and illegal immigration, even the DACA issue, like it is not even among the top five things that these people are talking about. Right. I mean, immigration, I think, plays well to a certain part of the Republican base. And it's used uh, kind of fear-based commercials about how it's going and how it's going to affect your life. On the left, it, it becomes as a way to energize the Latino vote. But again, there is an emotion of fear that's there. This, yeah, it's not, it's not a big thing. It becomes more of a yearning for rational decisions. They do, I mean, there's a lot of information available to everybody, and they claim at least uh, that they will go and search that out. Uh, we will see if that ends, I mean, it's hard to know as a candidate whether that's the case, whether that ad I'm putting on that has 50 airings a day matters more than someone looking at that ad and then Googling the terms in it to see if it, if it actually adds up. What kind of stood out to me on the same vein there is this idea that they were upset about immigration. Uh, someone mentioned putting children in cages, and you also heard them get pretty animated talking about Governor Ducey and the whole Red for Ed movement. Um, these are issues, yes, but they're also very recent issues, which makes me wonder if these folks will be moving um, to, you know, on whatever the latest issue is when we get to September and October, is that going to be the thing that they are most attracted to? Or are they still going to be talking about Red for Ed or uh, talking about immigration policy and such? Um, that is there, you know, more fluidity in the issue that they are focusing on? And when they do talk about, I guess, like, quote unquote, immigration or border security, they seem to be talking about it more as like a family issue and as a compassionate issue and questioning some of the policies that we've seen over the last couple of weeks. You know, is this who we want to be? They also were talking about issues that Democrats are really talking about, especially Representative Kirsten Sinema in the U.S. Senate race. Healthcare, you know, affordability to quality healthcare, whatever that looks like. Um, they're talking about uh, college affordability, especially when you're talking to um, younger independent voters. Uh, some of them tend to be uh, talking about maybe social issues and not necessarily like abortion, but more like women's rights issues. Who gets to decide what I do with my body? I don't really hear them talking much yet about the economy, although, um, you know, certainly at the statewide level, Governor Doug Ducey is playing this up as he vies for the 
Republican nomination uh, to seek another term. Right. Um, he definitely, I mean, in, in his campaign materials and speeches, you know, is touting this low unemployment rate, um, companies that have expanded or relocated here, um, which generally you would think would have broad appeal. Everybody wants to be doing well, living comfort- comfortably. Um, and while you know, what he cites, as far as I can see, uh, is accurate. Income inequality has increased in Arizona under him. Um, right now, the richest 20% of households here earn more, almost five times more than the poorest 20% uh, of households. Arizona has, when you look at, you know, the state-by-state comparison, we have an F for health care issues, uh, as you were mentioning. That's because of the high number of uninsured Arizonans and the high number of uninsured low-income children. So there are a lot of Arizonans that um, are not comfortable right now. I can't wait to read that story. And I think there's a, to what extent independence might be new Arizona residents? I'm not sure if there's numbers or tracking on that, but there was a Fountain Hills uh, meeting that David Schweikert and Doug Ducey were at. And David Schweikert talked to this Republican group and said the two things that the party worried about this cycle are newcomers and the changing demographics of Arizona, which led me to think there's people who are coming here that might be traditional uh, Democratic voters who maybe are not aligned with the party here because they don't see what the Arizona Democratic Party lines up with. And they're definitely maybe they're not sure about how the Republican Party lines up. But if they're worried about those two things, newcomers and demographics, which I say meaning the browning of Arizona, that that's, those are two things that are very concerning to Republicans, according to at least to Representative Schweikert. And this is something that they have been worried about for some time. I mean, every time uh, Governor Ducey releases, you know, his tweets and his Facebook posts about Maricopa County being, you know, the fastest growing, one of the fastest growing counties in the country, like the flip side of that is these are, especially when it comes to Republicans, you know, these are people who are not used to Arizona's brand of, of politics. And so these newcomers oftentimes feel uneasy about aligning themselves with people um, that that they s- tend to see in the news, like maybe Joe Arpaio or more divisive figures. Um, and they, they might not necessarily be certain about, uh, you know, whether or not they want to be associated with them. And so they will just default to the party not designated. Yeah, and some of that comes from, I mean, there's a, there's a national split in the Republican Party about what kind of Republican do you want to be, the Trump style or the traditional Jeff Flake, John McCain style. And yeah, does it play out in the state that way as well? Do you have a sense as to how um, engaged these voters are in issues like uh, environmental issues or the clean energy uh, issues? These are issues that um, the Democratic Party is using to try to turn out you know, its base and to, to try to change the electorate in a meaningful way by, by trying to engage these people. Do you have a sense as to whether or not this is something these people care about? Well, they certainly didn't bring up environmental and green issues uh, more broadly uh, unprompted. They did talk about things like abortion. Uh, they also talked about uh, health care and such. Um, so there, there's an engagement on a lot of the traditional issues that we've seen. They also weren't talking about the economy much as well. So this is, it sounds like in many ways they are sort of playing on the Democratic side of the field, though not necessarily on all uh, pieces of that field. So the environmental issues, which 
may or may not be uh, important in the fall here in Arizona. Um, that's not something that this group at least expressed any great interest over, but they did talk about other things that would seem to be favorable for a Democratic conversation. So statewide candidates cannot win, generally speaking, a statewide race without picking up a lot of support from these folks. In Congressional District 8, uh, special election, uh, this was the election back in April, I believe, feels like a lifetime ago, um, to replace outgoing representative um, Trent Franks. In that election, you, you did a deeper dive on these numbers, but independence broke for the Democrat in that race. That's right, uh, and pretty sharply. And it should be noted, there were also a fair amount of Republicans who also broke for Harold Tipperneni in that race. Um, Republicans have really sizable numeric advantages in the 8th District, and to have any Democrat compete, they need to peel off independents in big numbers. They also need to uh, do well at neutralizing at least some Republicans, and they managed to do that. And I think one of our panelists specifically mentioned that, uh, you know, he is excited about Harold Tipperneni and plans to vote for her in the fall, that he was you know, uh, impressed by her, voted for her once, and probably will do so again. So um, this is something that I think Democrats are, are needing to replicate all over the state, not just in the 8th District. They need to find a way to win among independents more broadly. And with this small sample size, there was only uh, one person who seemed that to not have antagonistic feelings towards our current governor. Doug Ducey just said, no, I, he does, I don't mind him much. The others seemed, and again, the governor infused a massive amount of money into public education. People said they haven't seen that much cash coming into the public education system in decades, and he's not getting credit for it. This group seemed to, again, authenticity, not see him as an authentic champion of public education, and at least he wasn't winning any fans of this group. And I, I do think that that's going to be a major theme that he is going to have to contend with, and they see those numbers in their, in their polling. I mean, those people just don't trust him, and people seem to not really want to know much more and about education, him. Yeah, education will be on the ballot. Uh, the, the, we know for sure the, the bill, the referendum about uh, the, the voucher program or the empowerment scholarship program, people will be talking about education funding, and Governor Ducey probably wants to have that conversation moved off. I passed this pay raise plan. Education's done, but it's going to still continue to be a theme through the fall elections. So we usually spill a little bit of tea. We are fresh off of a focus group style panel, though, with uh, Ron Hansen moderating. I think Frank Luntz ought to watch out. <laughs> Ron is coming for your job, Mr. Luntz. Um, so we're going to go ahead and skip the tea. We will be gathering it for next week, and we promise uh, it will be strong. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to the Gaggle Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Yvonne Winget. I'm at M Paletta, M-P-O-L-L-E-T-T-A. At Relis Writings, R-U-E-L-A-S Writings. You can follow me at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N. And as always, thanks to the politics team and our wonderful producer, Sierra Juarez. Again, you don't hear her lovely voice, but she is uh, the person who is toiling away to put this show together so that you have it every week. Please subscribe to the show and review it on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Google Play. We'll see you next week.